This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Let's get ready to rumble because you know what's up. It's the Halftime Show on Pulse 95 Radio in the heart of Sharjah. What a day to be celebrating with you guys. National Fitness Day today as well. So we're going to have a fitness segment for you later. The health and fitness segment is something that has been very, very popular, especially, especially recently. I've heard a lot of good things from the uh, the Halftime Show health and fitness segment. So we're going to drop you this question. Has virtual fitness passed its sell-by date? Think about that when I'm saying that. That's, that's an interesting one. Has virtual fitness passed its sell-by date? The pros, is it convenient? Time-saving, the cons, no interaction, human feel. We're talking about all that later on today, especially with pre and then post-COVID dip in the health and fitness industry. People were relying a lot on virtual fitness. But let me know what you guys think. And we're going to be discussing that on the show. Shout out to everyone who is tuned in as well. We've got, oh man, I love seeing these faces here. The Kawashes are in the building. Mustafa, Debo, all the way from Florida. Sad, Tashriq, Terry, Rashid, TV.mix, <laughs> Mustafa, Mufid, um, Ali Kawash as well, the other Kawash. And then you've got uh, Noor. Thank you very much for connecting with me. And we are going to make it worth your while. We're talking health and fitness in the... Is virtual fitness past it? One. Two. Emma Raducano seems to be the name on everyone's lips. So we're going to try and see what the hype is about and what is there to look forward to in the future with her. We've also got the agents game. Now with the agents game, sports agents in today's game play such an integral role. But if I matched up two agents and their teams against each other... How would that be? Stay tuned for more on the only place to be at three, the halftime show on Pulse 95. This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Yes, welcome back to the halftime show with Omar Adori. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international and local. Shout out to everyone who's tuned in. Thank you very much for the amazing, beautiful messages. I'm loving the energy right now. And wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Sharjah Broad. Broadcasting Authority. We've been chilling at home, watching us live on YouTube. Now, listen, we're gearing up for the upcoming International Government Communication Forum, set to take place next week on the 26th and 27th of September. Now, the IGCF will bring together senior government officials, leading communication experts and world business leaders to explore the best practices in government communication. This year's event will tackle government communication in a time of crisis, particularly during the COVID-19 pandemic. Pandemic, and we will be talking a lot more about that throughout the show. It's pretty good, yeah? Yep. <laughs> but more on the health and fitness segment, which everyone's talking about at the moment. Has virtual fitness passed its sell-by date? Let that marinate for a second. When COVID hit, a lot of people were going to virtual fitness to try and save their routines and, you know, their their goals and, and everything. And I kind of respect that. Once covid opened up a little bit we started to go back to gyms and we started to rely less on that now there are some gyms that rely on virtual fitness in terms of screens and no longer needing trainers or specialists but having them actually in the screens without naming names you've probably actually been to a couple of them already so my question is to you has virtual fitness has virtual fitness passed its sell-by date 
or are we still relying to it? And what are the pros and cons of that? So throughout the show today, I want you to send me messages on that because today is National Fitness Day and I was listening to the radio in the UK and they were talking about how important it is today. And it's only right we have, obviously, a bit of love towards that segment as well. So you, you've heard of things that people do at home through virtual fitness, like um, Peloton on the bike. I've never actually done it before, but Peloton and different programs they have online where you have like a virtual trainer. So the pros to that is it's time saving. You don't have to get changed or get out of the room or do anything in terms of transport to get there. And it's also mobile, so you can do it wherever you want as long as you have access to the program. But the cons on the other side is, and I don't know about you guys, the interaction, the correction, if you're doing something wrong, how is the virtual trainer gonna gonna spot you, gonna make sure that you're doing it correct, gonna look at the attention to detail, the hips, the joints, the back, the shoulders, posture, all these kind of factors, it kind of then sets things back where you think, okay, do I really want to rely on this long term? Because normally when we're looking at fitness, we're looking at longevity and sustaining that. So there are pros to it. There are cons to it. I think also the environment change. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes stepping into a different environment with the people that's around you, the community that's around you, you know, seeing similar faces that have similar goals to you that are working side by side and trying to get fitter and healthier and break barriers and, and really accomplish something. Yesterday, you know, I took my team out um, on a team bonding uh, session, which was a recovery session. Shout out to Kandado. And um, what I got to see yesterday was phenomenal because I got to see the characters off the football pitch because obviously I coached them on the football pitch, but this was kind of an idea to get them closer together and to actually grow together as a team. I've only been with them for three weeks at the moment for the coming season. But seeing the way they got together, seeing the way, you know, we focused on breathing, that was kind of the first thing, which again relates to life. So in fitness, if you're not breathing properly, you're obviously not performing properly. Long-term, endurance, stamina, uh, mobility, sleep, all these kind of factors are so key in performance. So I took them to our, our very own Iceman who was on the show, Benoit, and we, you know, we did, we did the breath work, we got them to realize how far they can go with their breathing. That was really interesting. And then seeing their confidence grow when it comes down to managing high pressure situation, anxiety, dealing with performance sometimes, especially when you have a lot of pressure on you, can sometimes affect your performance to the negative. So I watched all these guys yesterday uh, work on their breathing and then, yes, get in ice now that's kind of like the fun part but normally that's the way you draw people in so ice your feet ice your hands then go full body and it was really cool why because you saw certain characters yesterday that would have never accomplished what they accomplished through stress anxiety um fight or flight is the way our brain normally reacts and responds to certain situations if you like something you're either going to run away or you're going to face it and yesterday, someone, even if they tried to run away through the coaching, they were able to face it. And today I got an amazing message from our very own Sergei, who's a listener on the show, saying, you know, coach, yesterday was life changing. And people sometimes use that word too loosely, but it was life changing. And I thought that was incredible from him 
to be able to tackle. You had to be there. Not, none of the guys filmed it because it was borderline uncomfortable, uneasy to see someone actually go through, you know, um, a situation where they wanted to just run away. They wanted to fight, uh, you know, their, their demons. And, and, and having seen him face that was amazing, amazing, really. Stuff you can't record. You know, sometimes they say don't record everything. You, ha- you just had to be there. So that was uh, shout out to Sergei for for, uh, for sticking at it. And shout out to Benoit for coaching him through it as well. That was very, very cool. But see, through virtual fitness, you can't do that because you, you haven't got that touch. You haven't got that interaction. You're not in the person's face. And so that's why I asked you the question today. Has virtual fitness passed its sell-by date? Or do we, does it still have a vital role to play in your goals? Stay tuned for more on the only place to be at 3, the halftime show on Pulse95. Dave featuring Burner Boy Location. Love this track. This is the halftime show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Sure is that time. It's the halftime show with Omar Adori. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international and local. We've had some fantastic guests on the show. So if you've missed any of our episodes, head over to the Pulse 95 radio YouTube channel and check out some of the fantastic guests on there. We cover things like uh, mental health, physical health, and how important the brain is on performance and recovery. Right. Okay. I think the name that's on everyone's li- lips at the moment is uh, Emma Raducanu. Uh She seems to be the tennis player that's absolutely excelled and following her US Open triumph, everyone's talking about the British teen is going far. I, I like the fact that there is this kind of new this new vibe with teenagers excelling and I kind of wonder like what was I thinking at that age and how they're handling pressure and how they're dealing with things especially under the circumstances of mental health mental fitness and all that comes with it social media I think the difference now between times in the game is the pressure and the fact that anyone can voice their opinion in seconds and at you or tag you and you get it straight away. So I kind of I kind of like the way when I hear a positive story like Emma Raducanu, I like when I hear that because I think it's really good for the sport. Very, very cool to see her do her thing. You know, it's, it's refreshing. A lot of the times we hear a lot of the negative stuff and we hear a lot of the stuff that, you know, people are going through and of course that's okay it's okay to kind of be going through that and it's okay to be experiencing that but then when you see someone like Amaro Dekano that's you know that's really refreshing man and she um, she was born on the 13th of November 2002 2002 wow um, a British professional tennis player and she's had career highs in women's tennis ranking of world number 22 and is currently the British number one in the reigning US Open champion and the first British woman to win a Grand Slam singles title since Virginia Wade in 1977 Wimbledon God I miss Wimbledon yeah she's uh, she's considered an aggressive baseline uh, player known for her powerful flat ground strokes and aggressive return on uh, of serve I look at she was born in Toronto Canada she's only 18 5'9 turned pro only a couple of years ago 2018 coach Andrew Richardson I'm just looking prize money that's what I'm talking about oh boy 2,800 no 2 million oh my days 18 year old 2 million decent career record 74 22 so that's a 77.1% 
uh, success rate, career titles one, highest ranking uh, in the current world is number 22. And I, again, I, I'm looking at this, I don't know how you guys feel, but so I'm looking at this and I always kind of follow the development of athletes all across sports, you know, whether it's basketball, football, tennis, uh, American football, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, you name it. And I see, I see what's going on and I, and I kind of like the fact that they stay humble, but it's okay. It's okay. I say I'm okay. <laughs> but um, I wonder, you know, will they start to change coaches if things don't go right? Do they switch things up? That's kind of what I always think about the psychology behind who they can trust. And obviously handling all the attention, because when you're winning, everyone's on your side and everyone's really, you know, elevating you. But when we start to have a few losses on the record, that's when you know people start to, to disappear and you, they start to evaporate and you don't get to see them anymore and, and for Emma Kanu, I'm kind of really excited for her future and I hope she sticks with the same team because on this on this track that she's on now it looks like it's going to be amazing I love it let me know what you guys think text me on 4215 at or do is anyone else reminding you of the sensational talent of Emma Kanu? and also has anyone been ex- as excited about a tennis player in years? Right, stay tuned for more on The Only Place to Be at 3, The Halftime Show on Pulse 95. This is The Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse 95. Yes, we are back and we are live in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95. Thank you very much for connecting with me today. Right, we've got a couple of people uh, asking about the boxing. So you know what, let's let's deliver that for you. Mufid saying, can we talk about the upcoming boxing fights? Canelo Plant and Joshua Usyk etc etc and also you can mention the current winning mentality being cultivated at Chelsea under Tuchel with the acid test of Man City uh, coming we cannot to mention the small matter of a North London derby right okay alright let's bring the questions uh, early and then let's bring the last segment later okay so um, regarding the Usyk uh, Joshua fight now I was reading some of the things that Tony Bellew said about Usyk who fought him and lost to him Usyk was the best cruiserweight he said ever but it comes down to heavyweight and things is a different ball game especially when you're fighting a man like Joshua Joshua technically uh, you know has probably had to polish his tools a bit more because he's always relied on his power and his speed and his strength and if you see the man himself I mean he's, he's a man mountain when he's when he's performing so that is no surprise but saying that Usyk is not going to be that easy and my my worry my worry with this whole situation is because everyone is looking at the bigger picture the Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua fight is something which kind of reminds me of the Manny Pacquiao Mayweather uh, fight when we were all looking forward to it now in the way of those two stands Usyk and Deontay Wilder and for some reason just really concerned that one of those two is going to upset you know the pot and and just stir up even more and we all know that the only reason why Tyson Fury is fighting Deontay Wilder is because of the arbitration held against him where he would have to pay 80 million dollars to just fend that off and instead of doing that he's opted to fight in the trilogy after the first fight was a draw and the second fight was a clear win to Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder has been training, has been switching up his game, has had enough time to study Tyson Fury, who's a lot lighter on his feet, very good with his head movement, and is able to change angles and dance around the ring. Deontay Wilder is known for his explosive power, especially on his right hand. However, if he utilizes the jab and actually uses a patient game, may be able to prolong the fight to be able to tire out Tyson Fury, who, if anything, conditioning would have been his first thing, especially when he's not motivated to fight 
Deontay Wilder. But we will only know that because the hunger that Tyson Fury shown, and in my opinion, one of the best at what he does, if not the best heavyweight out there in the world, he needs that motivation. He needs someone to be able to to push him to angles that he he you know he can't just show in every fight. So I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that it goes in my I want Tyson Fury to beat Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua Usyk, but I want it to be a good fight. I don't want it to be a snooze fest. Joshua hasn't always been the most entertaining when it comes to fighting. But then again, with strategy, why do you have to be? If you're there to do a job and be safe and be healthy and come out undamaged, then why not? I think that's kind of like the whole thing. AJ saying he doesn't have that iron chin though. And who are you talking about, AJ? Let me know and I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. But that's regarding the Tyson Fury uh, Usyk fight. I think it's it's going to be a lot closer than we think. Usyk is very technical and a very, very good fighter. And I worry for Joshua sometimes because we know Joshua's a great businessman. Top, top businessman. And so that's why I kind of worry about that. Uh, Florin's in the building from New York. Shout out to Florin. Mufid, if Joshua catches Usyk, it's game over. But Usyk is a very talented boxer and is capable of avoiding that big punch. Going to be very interesting. I think so, but I think Usyk is also technically very good to keep that distance as well. Uh, Joshua can be caught. We saw that. That's that's what I'm worried about. You know, Ruiz, if, if anything, displayed that and, and he didn't look like he's been hit with that kind of power before. AJ, maybe because they are elite heavyweights, a single good punch is all it takes to rock a heavyweight and I was talking about Wilder yes excellent I agree with that 100% I think the heavyweight game is a lot different obviously the you know the cruiserweights and the welterweights and all these kind of different fighters for them it's being able to condition them to get themselves past the 6th and 7th round I think the 8th and ninth round will be key when it comes down to uh, Joshua and Usyk and I also think that depending on how they approach it whether they are looking to go the distance if Usyk is smart, he might want to do that, especially, you know, moving up away. And also, I think that because um, Bellew has fought Usyk before, he he knows, he knows exactly how, um, you know, how how to avoid what Bellew um, got hit with. And so this is all, I know it might have been a different time, but that's that's that fight. My only concern now on the other side is is Wilder. Deontay Wilder, you don't know where his head's at. You don't know what he's thinking. He's um, he's a very complex character. And, you know, showing up to the press conference with his headphones and not saying a single thing. These are all factors that I kind of worry about. Because with his new trainer, because he's got a new trainer, because he blamed the last one for losing um, or throwing the towel in. I thought he saved his life, but that's just my opinion. Uh, all, all these kind of factors now, with a fresh approach, sometimes you kind of have to say things self-affirmation to believe them, even if they're not true. And I think that's why Deontay Wilder is the way he is. But it also worries me because if Tyson Fury isn't focused and 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 gets connected with one of those punches, which he's felt before and surprisingly come out with, that is, you know... Oh, it, uh, it worries me. It really, really worries me. Um, the Canelo plant fight, uh, Mufid's asking. I just can't see past Canelo, man. I think Canelo is just, he's so sharp. He's so good at what he does. It, it, you know, he, he's not complacent. Um, you're going to get knocked out. <laughs> no, he's, he's just too good. I really feel Canelo is going to be too much for him. I saw the scuffle. Mind you, if you see the scuffle, 
He attempted the slap. He slipped it and hit him with two <laughs> two punches and knocked his glasses off. So I kind of think that that would be something I would worry about. Um, but anyway, we're going to take a quick break. The Adan is coming up now. But once that's done, we'll be right back with answering more of your questions. Keep them coming in. I love it. I'll see you after this. Enjoy. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Adori. I'm your host of everything sport, international, canal. Everyone's been buzzing about Mufid's question regarding the boxing. They're still messaging me now. Um, and the prediction so far from everyone is, pr- is pretty much... So I've got... Sergei is saying that from the three fighters, so Tyson Fury, Wilder, Usyk, Joshua and Canelo Plant, he says the three winners will be Fury, Usyk and Canelo. So that's Sergei. Um, who else do I have here? Right. I've got... I like uh, AJ. I like Wilder. I think Fury's too good for him. Um, Mufid, Fury, Joshua and Canelo. Florin, Wilder versus Fury. Fury, uh, Canelo already showed Plant. He can KO him and avoid him in just one pre-fight. AJ, Wilder versus Joshua. Wilder would win with that single punch. Ooh. See, I didn't see that one coming. You think Wilder would beat Joshua? Interesting. Florin, Usyk versus AJ. AJ. Okay, okay. Hashim, very difficult to think how he will win. Everyone has different technique. Mufid, Canelo around four to five. AJ, three to four. And Fury wins around nine. Very cool. I'm liking what you guys are saying, man. This is really, really cool. Really, really cool. I like it. Um, what's up, Maria? Nice to see you as well. And hey, Shay Matt. Okay, right. So I've got this one for you guys. I was looking, I was browsing online and agents nowadays, sports agents, pretty much have a huge say in in sports. And now I know this sounds obvious, but I'm talking about major, major deals. When we talk about the biggest players in the world, we normally talk about agents and now agents are high profile names. It's not just the players. And the two agents you probably heard of are Mina Raiola and George Mendes. Now, they play such an integral role. If you take these agents out of the game now, decisions would be very, very different. But let's say now these two agents had their players, their representatives in teams. So I would say Mina Raiola versus George Mendes. The agents could produce two teams to face each other. Check out these players and let me know Option one or option two, who would win? Right. Are you locked in? Option one or option two? Option one, George Mendes, right? His client, this is the team you could put together. In goal, Edison. The back four, Cancelo, Diaz, Pepe and Ricardo Pereira from Leicester. The three across the middle, Fabinho, Bernardo Silva and Renato Sanchez. The three up top, Di Maria, Ronaldo, and Jota. All right, that's option one. I'll say it again. Edison, Cancelo, Diaz, Pepe, Pereira, Silva, Fabinho, Sanchez, Jota, Ronaldo, Di Maria. That would be option one. His team would face Mina Raiola's team. Mina Raiola's team, check this out. Donnarumma in goal. Back four of De Ligt, Dumfries, De Vrooge, and Wando. Four across the middle, Pogba, Verratti, Lozano, Mkhitaryan, and up top, 
Haaland and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So would it be option one or option two? Which team would win? The first team was George Mendes' team and it had the likes of your Di Maria's, Ronaldo's, Fabinho's, Diaz, Edison Cancelo's, just to name a few. Or would it be Raiola's team, which was Donnarumma, De Ligt, Eric ha- uh, Haaland, Pogba, Verratti and Dumfries? Which one? Let me know. So AJ's saying option one at the moment. Those, those two agents, if they put those teams together, God. That would be a wicked match. I think it'd be great. So guys saying option two, so I've got one one at the moment. Who else who else thinks it's gonna be? Is it the first team or is it the second team? Is it George Mendes or is it Mina Raiola's team? I think the players they have. Oh god, that would be incredible. Mufid saying it's hard. Hey, listen, you gotta give me an option for you. You can't back out now. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the way it's looking at the moment. While you guys are deciding on option one or option two, the question for the day I had was, has virtual fitness passed its sell-by date? Um, I had some comments earlier, actually. Let me just scroll through that so I can see. Um, where was it? Let's see, let's see, let's see. I do Pilates virtually one-on-one and I think it's down to the coach trainer. She has me on 80 so she can see me clearly and she is really good at explaining what to do and demonstrating. Yeah, you see, I think if that's the case, of course, delivery is so important. I think in anything, in coaching, in, in demonstrating, if they can if they can deliver through technology, through Zoom, I think Maria has the same thing. She used to have um, a yoga instructor who used to teach her on Zoom how to, you know, how to move, how to be mobile, then that's that's pretty good. That comes down to delivery. I think if if you took away virtual fitness, is it the same though as being in person? You know, um, and and right now with things opening up again, people are going back. It's National Fitness Day today, so we're talking about health and fitness on on the show. People are going back to to going to gyms or doing outdoor activities freely. Which, which is great. It's very, very good news. Very, very good news for us here to be able to, to, to see that. Because for a long time, we didn't know if that was going to be possible. So, yeah, I, I, I can see where people would, would kind of maybe be on the safe side. I, I have a few clients that I obviously train on Zoom. And yeah, as long as that relationship is strong and the trust is there, then we, we, we program everything so they can get everything done. If they need equipment, they go get it. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Shout out to Allah, who's tuned in from Saudi as well. We are wrapping up here on the Halftime Show. That's the full-time whistle. Thank you very much for connecting. Really enjoyed going back and forth with you throughout the show today. Love being in the studio and love connecting with you guys. Remember, you can catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, 3 to 4. And if you do miss the shows and you prefer a podcast, head over to Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Type in the Halftime Show, Pulse95 Radio. We've got all of our episodes on there. Or if you want a visual, um, head over to the YouTube channel and we are there as well. Pulse95 Radio YouTube channel on YouTube. Share, like, and all that good stuff. I'm out. It's my time to go. But coming up next is the Afternoon Karak with Aisha Al-Mazmi. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Peace and love, guys. And I will see you here, same time, same place, on Saturday, on the only place to be at 3, the Halftime Show on Pulse95. If you liked this episode of the Halftime Show, drop a like and subscribe. 95. Be sure to follow us on Instagram for all our daily updates and top stories. Pulse. 
This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3pm. 